Did you ever hear that poem, The Planter's Daughter? It was on the Leaving Cert syllabus in my day. There's a line in it, for the house of the planter is known by the trees. It's all big estates around you, you'll find there's lots of unusual species of trees planted. But here in Castle Comer, they were very interested in trees because they had all the trees sowed out, like they were able to catch the sun at various times during the day. You'd find it in, in a reference to it in uh, Castlecomer Connections. There's actually a map drawn up of it. In Castlecomer, the Wandsford family owned and controlled thousands of acres of land in the area. Thousands of acres, yeah. They owned nearly as far as Ballylinen. And over a 300-year period, they were central to the coal mining and farming activities of the area. Their pleasure gardens, as they call them, is where the Discovery Park is now and remnants of their practices in relation to trees are still being found, as Len Brophy, the maintenance man at the park, explains. I, I was just speaking to Earl Delaney, who owns the Discovery Park compound here, and he was telling me that he found a plaque the other night up in the park where we had disturbed some ground. And uh, the tree's identification is done in Latin. I, I think it's some kind of a... a a pine or something like that but um, we found another plaque a few years back again with another name so all these trees were all planted to commemorate the birth of one of the Wanisford family There's something nice about planting trees in honour of family or friends From his own point of view Len appreciates trees and enjoys getting out amongst them and observing them Oh, I love it, love it, yeah, it's beautiful, yeah, yeah. Especially watch them during the year, the way they develop as the season goes along, as the buds are coming on the trees and the leaves come out and the atmosphere all changes all around, like, it's fabulous, like, you know. And as I prepare to go for my wander in the Discovery Park with his colleagues, Cathy Purcell and Joe McCarthy, he tells me what trees to look out for. Just down below the Elf Village, there's a dead stump of a tree. It's about two, two and a half metres high. And on top of it, a tree has started to grow and you can see the, the roots all coming down along the outside of the, the dead tree and down into the ground. Wow. Really fabulous like. There's a nice Douglas fir down there. There's London plain there as well. It's something like a lime tree. There's a lot of evergreen trees then as well. As a, you can see them all around the horizon. They're all over here. Yeah. Sequoia I think they're called. Yeah. Yeah. Giant redwoods. Yeah. Yeah, there's one actually up here by the bank of the river. It's a fairly substantial tree. Lovely soft bark on it. And people actually hug the, the sequoia the, because a nice soft bark. Yeah. And actually, uh, in Wales, there's an arboretum and there was a big plantation of these sown around 175 years ago. And they discovered there was some disease taking place in them. They were beginning to die back. And they discovered that people were constantly hugging the tree and they damaged the bark, so they had to close off the arboretum now for the time being to stop people from hugging the trees, like, yeah. So you'd hear the term tree huggers, like, you know. But, um, but when you're going up the park now, you just feel the bark. It's really soft, yeah. very soft, yeah. very thick as well, like, yeah. yeah. Beautiful wood. This one is the giant redwood, and you can feel the bark. It's really spongy. Yeah. So it feels really, yeah, so spongy and... Um, it's, it towers over everything here. These magnificent giant trees are echoes of a different age in the Earth's evolutionary history, at a time when the coal, which was mined in the area, was being formed, as Cathy Purcell, General Manager of the Discovery Park, explains. We have our coal mining museum here, and um, 
the geology that formed the coal that is in the coal mines was formed uh, 300 million years ago in the Carboniferous era and we have a lot of information on that in our coal mining museum. But thanks to the Heritage Council this year, we actually did a really cool project. We actually created an app which you can download on your phone. It's free. It's called the Castle Museum of Mining and you can see everything that's in our coal mining museum. So, and there's a lot about the Carboniferous era and trees like this that would have been all over and they would have been giant trees because of the oxygenation in the in the air mm -hmm. so everything was bigger then and you can see that in the in in our coal mining museum uh, we have a replica of the trees and some of the dragonflies that are as big as you and me nearly um so it's very interesting the geology and the fossil finds and everything are very very interesting um so and you can see it all for free on your on an app on your phone wow. you don't have to come here but you know it's well it's worth coming here and supporting the coal mining museum <laughs> it's definitely worth coming to the discovery park there's loads to do here walking, zip lines, shopping, boating, eating. Really, if you think about what's been achieved, like none of this was here, none of the roads, none of the lakes, now all the activities we have. And I think Castlecomer should be really proud of what they've done as a community. This is totally run by volu volunteer board. And while I'm here for the trees and the activities that take place in and around the trees, the origins of the park are in its mining roots. Originally we started off with the Coal Mining Museum and that was the whole impetus of the Discovery Park. A community came together and said what are we going to do, we got to do something for ourselves and to them they wanted to pay tribute to the coal mining, they started with the coal mining. And that went very well for a number of years but there was a kind of sense that they needed something else and they looked to the to the outside, the surrounding areas, which they could see was a beautiful woodland, um, the former pleasure gardens of the Wandersford family. And they said, what can we do here? So it really started with this thing, the treetop walk. It was built in 2012 with the support of leader in the Kilkenny County Council. And at the time, it was probably one of the only ones around at the time. So it was very different and new. Yeah. And that really kick-started us all off into the whole adventure tourism side of things. And this course, and I'll let Joe talk about the course a little bit, but it is really nice because it is on the trees and in the trees and you really are canopy walking here. The treetop walk is suitable for those aged seven years and upwards. And according to Joe McCarthy, who's activity manager at the park, completing it can be a life changing experience for some. Adventure activities like these have an incredibly powerful role to play in the development of children, in how they communicate, how they build relationships, empathy and even resilience as well. Like many people would look at this course going, God, what's that up in the trees? The power that this has for children is, you, can, you can't, you, you can't qual uh, quantify it. Mm -hmm. It is fantastic. And I suppose every one of these games or, or challenges has, it, it, they all look different. So there's a different aspect to, to each one, which the kids have to manipulate and go, oh, and they have to figure it out themselves. And it's actually lovely to see when a child comes all the way across, they're only seven, all the way across, and it's just like Christmas comes to them when they come to the end of the course. And they're so proud within themselves. Um, one of our staff members here, she's one of the senior instructors, Caitlin, great girl. She was instructing on the treetop walk last summer. And this little girl, nine years old, ran up to her, 
kind of, I think maybe forgot about the COVID restrictions of, you know, uh, two metres apart, literally hugged her. I held on to her for so long and she said, do you remember me? And, you know, Caitlin had to go, of course, you helped me through this two years ago. Like, the difference that you can make to a child, you're like, oh my God, uh, it's it's just, it's a, it's lovely. It's so incredible. And in, now, you can also see some adults being put in their spot by kids <laughs> because they're on the same same level and same playing fields it's like hold on you were telling me how to do it from the ground and you're up here with me now come on (laughs) you know and you're like and the adults are like oh oh maybe it is a little bit trickier (laughs) and you see the dynamic just changes with the adults and child um so it is it's great um and you even see all all the families coming down you've got their dogs coming down and like the dogs are like what are you doing up there they're barking like mad and going what come down here being up in the trees like that is not an ordinary experience it's a thing of the movies and characters like avatar or tarzan yeah, to make it look very easy. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is a different story when you're up there. Stephen and David are senior instructors who work on the treetop walk and they're doing their daily safety checks at the time of my visit. So there's kind of the individual bits we're checking is the kind of safety cable that you're connected onto when you're up on a course. Check the platforms which are uh, around the trees and then also the apps is what we call the, the games, the challenges between the trees as well. The apps, oh yeah. Yeah. Why are they called apps? So we use the word app um, instead of the word obstacle because when you hear obstacle, it's you know something to it can kind of negative connotations attached to it. But whereas apps is something a bit more kind of friendly to people. Ah, yeah. Like uh, language is so important, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the first kind of four apps on the course. You have hand uh, ropes and stuff to hold onto. Whereas after that, then throughout the apps, you kind of lose that supportive hand so you have to kind of use your equipment and um, your balance and stuff a little bit more as you move along the course which is it's good like it's a good way to progress along do you like it yeah no I love it yeah Uh, unfortunately I don't get to spend a whole lot of time up there Um, I kind of have to stay on the ground and make sure that everything's running as smooth as possible uh, for the people up there but um, I absolutely love it it's uh, it's a I suppose another viewpoint up there you get to see uh you get to kind of people watch and see what people are doing and see how people are getting on and stuff like that because it's a lot different from being on the ground. Even like if you can ask some of the like eight or nine year olds that come here that are like look up and they're like wow I want to go up there and then they go up and they want to come straight back down. It's a, it's a different it's literally a different level, um, but it's good. It's, you get comfortable up there once you kind of once you start trusting the system. It's incredible because you can see David and, 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 and Stephen working and with, with time and experience you can see literally when people are walking in through the gate here and they're about to get harnessed, the guys are literally straight, straight away able to pinpoint the person who's going to be very nervous on the course. So they can focus in on them, build up their confidence while they're on the ground and then just give the heads up on the staff on the, on the treetop to go, this person just might need a little extra bit of guidance um, it's such a talent that they have and it, it benefits I think across any type of sector when you're looking at the people in front of you and you're like okay how do I work with this with, with this person and the guys are incredibly strong at doing that. Jo's got a strong background in outdoor activities and she did a BA in outdoor learning and really believes in the benefits of learning through nature. I, I'm very biased um, biases and I uh, you can see so many studies done and so many, I suppose, lifestyles across the world. So you've got forest bathing in Japan, you've Fritz live in, in Finland, and they really enhance their living of outside. Um, so I can remember, was it um, 
in Finland, they, they have full-time outdoor classrooms in Finland with snow and it could be minus 20. And it's, it's incredible. You know, it's lovely. And Finland is probably one of the best places to live in the world. Yeah. And that's all outdoor learning. You, could do, you can do maths outside, like all science, languages, everything, communication. Everything is in books. Yeah, grand. But you can also bring that to life too. And you can do that all in the outdoors. We're currently doing a program with uh, sports par- our Kilkenny Recreation Sports Partnership with a school in Kilkenny. You know, and it's incredible because we really feel for the kids through COVID who in who are now in first year, say. So in a way, they've had two years without any school. So they've lost that camaraderie that they build up in school. They've maybe you know they find it hard to, to be in relationships with buddies and and different things. So the, in working in the outdoors can really bring that back together um, maybe I would say at an accelerated rate that you can do in a classroom Magic happens when amongst trees and this is especially so in the Discovery Park's Elf Village where the Wandsford's family's specimen trees have been enhanced with the presence of little fairy houses built in the ground at their bases Len made these um, fairy houses and the kids absolutely loved them and we, we actually extended them. We built two more houses that you'd move into yourself actually, they're really nice. So we put, Len put furniture and all that in them this year because the kids love to look at them and, and look in the windows and this is so popular area. We have loads and loads of picnic tables, so they love to sit amongst the picnic tables under the trees. We have a little cafe up here that just sells coffee and sweets and and cakes and things like that. And um, you'll see the domes opposite here. We have three big domes, and we use them for the education program here. Um, We also work with Active Connections. They come here every Saturday. They use the domes there as well. They work with people with disabilities, a lot of people with autism, and they use the forest here to do activities with them and they find it's really calming and great for them and provides a respite. As you can hear, there's diggers working away at the Elf Village at the moment. Yes, I love hearing diggers and dumpers. (laughs) That means stuff is happening. (laughs) And what's happening is that the area known as the Low Ropes is being extended. And what do you mean by low low ropes? So this is, you know, you were at the high ropes with yes. the guys with the harnesses yes, and yeah. all the belays and everything. This is for the younger kids. This is also in trees. Yeah. And um, so they go from obstacle to obstacle, but they have a helmet, but they don't, they're not they're not linked on. Okay. Their parent goes with them around. Oh, yeah. And the ropes are only kind of up to the yeah. They, that's what they hold on yeah. to. They hold yeah. on to them. And so this is now going to be extended way back by that tree there in and around and back here again. And so I think this is going to be amazing. The kids are going to be wrecked after doing this. (laughs) They're going to go to sleep in the car immediately. The Elf Village resonates with the child that's in all of us, young or old, and it's a source of inspiration for one of the craft workers, Dominika Stoppa, who sells her lino prints from the retail outlets at the Discovery Park. I do love walking around the Discovery Park every morning. It always inspired me and grounds me before I start working. So I I always love the fairy village in particular. So I have a whole line of lino prints uh, and illustrations inspired by fairies and old Irish legends. 
and the whole series is called Secret Life of Fairies. Uh, you can find them on my website, stopashop.com. They are printed on 100% cotton paper. Um, it's quite a unique paper. It's very thick. Yeah. So we have the house fairies, the garden fairies, and the woodland fairies just there on the wall. Um, and also I have baby fairies and some flower fairies and other ones in the on the tree. Um, this particular... Uh, line-up print that is a miscarriage memorial as a little baby fairy sleeping on a in a cocoon and there's other symbols of uh, forget-me-not flowers um, and then some water to symbolize emotions and feather to symbolize spirituality so that will be a popular one as well. Dominica is the artist behind the paintings either side of the walkway as you entered the discovery park. Be a climate hero it says on one art piece. According to Cathy, the park has a role to play in spreading the message about climate change. We have this amazing resource here, this biodiversity, and we can also use the audiences that are coming here to tell the story of carbon recapture, becoming more sustainable in your own lifestyle, how you can reduce your carbon footprint. So we're looking at citizen science, we're looking at developing programmes for schools, because we thought there was a nice kind of link there between all the hundreds of years of taking carbon out of the ground in, for, during the coal mining years. Now let's talk about how it's so important to sink it back in and to help address climate change. And we have, as I said, in the summer here, we have thousands and thousands of people and we try to give them the message of leave no trace, picnic responsibly. And I'd like to shout out to Kilkenny County Council um, for supporting us so much, um, particularly uh, Bernadette Maloney, who's really helped us with... um, our journey into uh, becoming uh, as environmentally friendly in our own activities and our own practices. We, we did actually uh, consider, and we might still do it, like try to um, reclaim through our actions and through what we're asking people to do, to reclaim the carbon, uh, you know, the carbon numbers that were extracted from the coal mining. Now, you know, it's just something to... It's a tall order. It's a tall order. It's a very tall order. But... It's a challenge. We'll get there. Do you know something? It's a nice... It's a Yeah, we're we're always up for a challenge. Um, Yeah, that's a... You know, everybody (laughs) will tell you that this challenge is here every day. But... um, I think it's something that um, might, you know, might grasp the imagination of people. It would be amazing if they achieved their target. The 80 acres of quilt to manage trees on the estate will give them a good leg up in this regard. Like all places popular with the public, the Discovery Park is a space where you're sure to bump into people you know. Today that somebody is Michael Summers, forestry advisor with Chogask and contributor to this series. Himself and Cathy have been working with other local and state agencies and were successful in procuring a grant to run a mental health and wellbeing course at the Discovery Park, which will be aimed at farmers. This started last year. Uh, the Department of Agriculture sent out a, um, uh, an application that uh, we could apply for various health and safety projects and one of the things I've been looking at for a long number of years is the whole area around forest bathing, eco-therapies and uh, we set it on ourselves to, to bring people together 
in the Discovery Park here and throughout maybe the whole of the Kilkenny area to get people there to improve their wellness, look at the trees, look what can be done in the wood. Uh, there was an old saying that women talk face to face and men talk shoulder to shoulder. So it was very important that it would be activity led. Uh, so there's so the, in the plan that we have is there is a lot of activities in it. And so we we devised a, a program basically um, with the support of leader. So it's a mix of adventure therapy. So working with us, developing new skills such as kayaking, um, orienteering, lots of we have a whole amazing program worked out for for the farmers. Then we have traditional skills. So we're actually going to be working with people um, willow live willow um, dry stone wall and hedge laying and then the third element is uh, just a kind of whole practical side about uh, nutrition about looking at things like succession planning like looking at the new uh, policies that are coming in in relation to climate change biodiversity and supporting them with skills in that area funding grants like these and others from Pubble and leader keep the discovery park going and help to build on what kilkenny has to offer as a tourism destination what i really notice when i come down to kilkenny is how people really work together mm to attract people into Kilkenny because once you get them here they need to do things so the hotels are happy if they come we're happy if they come restaurants are happy and like I know like Woodstock is also amazing and you know to have two really destination woodlands in the county the more things to do for people in the county the better Here's an interesting fact about trees Currently, 49% of Ireland's forests are privately owned, with the remainder in public ownership, mainly vested in Quilche. Most of the private forests were planted over the last 30 years and are now at the management stage where they are being tinned. This timber will be used in industry in the near future. Trees from seed to sawdust is funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine as part of the Woodland Support Project.